Book Two, Chapter Eight of the Lancashire Witches. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Andy Minter. The Lancashire Witches, A Romance of Pendle Forest, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Book Two, Pendle Forest. Chapter Eight, Rough Lee. On returning from their unsuccessful pursuit of James Device, the two Ashertons found Roger Nowell haranguing the hinds, who, on the flight of their leader, would have taken to their heels likewise, if they had not been detained, partly by the energetic efforts of Sparshot and the grooms, and partly by the exhortations and menaces of the magistrate and Holden. As it was, two or three contrived to get away, and fled across the moor, whither the reeve pretended to pursue them while those left behind were taken sharply to task by Roger Nowell. "'Listen to me,' he cried, "'and take good heed to what I say, for it concerns you nearly. Strange and dreadful things have come under my observation on the way hither. I have seen a whole village stricken as by a plague, a poor peddler deprived of the use of his limbs and put in peril of his life, and a young maiden, once the pride and ornament of your own village, snatched from a fond father's care, and born to an untimely grave. These things I have seen with my own eyes, and I am resolved that the perpetrators of these enormities, mothers Demdike and Chattox, shall be brought to justice. As to you, the deluded victims of the impious hags, I can easily understand why you shut your eyes to their evil doings, Terrified by their threats, you submit to their exactions, and so become their slaves, slaves of the bond-slaves of Satan. What miserable servitude is this! By so doing, you not only endanger the welfare of your souls by leaguing with the enemies of heaven, and render yourselves unworthy to be classed with a religious and Christian people, but you place your lives in jeopardy by becoming accessories to the crimes of those great offenders and render yourselves liable to the punishment with them. Seeing then the imminency of the peril in which you stand, you will do well to avoid it while there is yet time. Nor is this your only risk. Your servitude to Mistress Nutter is equally perilous. What if she be the owner of the land you till and the rocks you tend? You owe her no fealty. She has forfeited all title to your service, and so far from aiding her you ought to regard her as a great criminal whom you are bound to bring to justice. I have now incontestable proofs of her dealing in the black art, and can show that by witchcraft she has altered the face of this country with the intent to rob me of my land. Holden now took up the theme. The, the finger of Helen is pointed against such robbery, he cried. Cursed is he, saith the scripture, that removeth his neighbour's landmark. And again it is written, Cursed is he that smiteth his neighbours secretly. Both these things hath Mistress Nutter done, and for both she shall incur divine vengeance. Neither shall she escape that of man, added Roger Nowell severely, for our sovereign lord hath enacted that all persons employing or rewarding any evil spirit shall be held guilty of felony, and shall suffer death, and death will be her portion for such demoniacal agency most assuredly hath she employed. The magistrate here paused for a moment to regard his audience, and reading in their terrified looks that his address had produced the desired impression, he continued with increased severity, "'These wicked women shall trouble the land no longer. 
they shall be arrested and brought to judgment and if you do not heartily bestir yourselves in their capture and undertake to appear in evidence against them you shall be held and dealt with as accessories in their crimes upon this the hinds who were greatly alarmed declared with one accord their willingness to act as the magistrate should direct you do wisely cried potts who by this time had made his way back to the assemblage covered from head to foot with ooze as on his former misadventures and mistress nutter and the two old hags who hold you in thrall would lead you to destruction for understand it is the firm determination of my respected client master roger nowell as well as myself not to relax in our exertions till the whole of these pestilent witches who trouble the country be swept away and to spare none who assist and uphold them the hinds stared aghast for so grim was the appearance of the attorney that they almost thought that hobhurst the lubber fiend was addressing them at this moment old henry mitton came up he had partially recovered from the stunning effects of the blow dealt him by james device but his head was cut open and his white locks were dabbled in blood pushing his way through the assembly he stood before the magistrate if you want a witness again that foul murderous and witch alice nutter call me master roger nowell he said i can take my bible oath that the whole face of this country has been changed since yesternight by her handiwork come here also to speak to her former life to her intimacy with mother demdark and old chattox call me to prove her constant attendance at devil's sabbath on pendle hill and elsewhere with other black and damning offences and among them the murder by witchcraft of her husband richard nutter a thrill of horror pervaded the assemblage at this denunciation and master potts who was being cleansed from his sable stains by one of the grooms cried out this is a very man for us my excellent client your name and abode friend and they met in a rough lay replied the old man i dwelt these seventy years and upwards and had known the father and grandfather of richard nutter and also alice nutter when she were alice asherton call me sir and all you want to know you shall learn we will call you my good friend said potts and if you have sustained any private wrongs from mistress nutter they shall be amply redressed i endured much at her hands rejoined mitten but i dunna speak of myself it be high time that old scratch should have his claws clipped and honest folk be allowed to live in peace very true my worthy friend very true assented potts an immediate return to whaley was now proposed by noel but master potts was of the opinion that as they were in the neighbourhood of malkin tower they should proceed thither at once and effect the arrest of mother demdike after which mother chattox could be sought out and secured the presence of these two witches would be most important he declared in the examination of mistress nutter hue and cry for the fugitive james device ought also to be made throughout the forest confounded by what they had heard richard and nicholas had hitherto taken no part in the proceedings but they now seconded master potts's proposition hoping that the time occupied by the visit to malkin tower would prove serviceable to mistress nutter for they did not doubt that intelligence would be conveyed to her by some of her agents of noel's intention to arrest her additional encouragement was given to the plan by the arrival of richard baldwin who at this juncture rode furiously up to the party 
"'Well, are you settled your business here, Master Nowell?' he asked, in breathless anxiety. "'We have so far settled it that we have established proofs of witchcraft against Mistress Nutter,' replied Nowell. "'Can you speak to her character, Baldwin?' "'Ah, that I can,' rejoined the miller. "'And now, good. I wish to see these mischievous witches burned, and that's why I have written after you, Master Nowell.' "'I want your help and a magistrate against Mother Demdark. "'You are a constable we here, and so can arrest her at once.' "'You have come most opportunely, Baldwin,' observed Potts. "'We were just considering whether we should go to Malkin Tower.' "'Then decide on't, rejoined the miller. "'Or told Agle will escape you. Take her unawares.' "'I don't know that we shall take her unawares, Baldwin,' said Potts. "'But I am decidedly of opinion that we should go thither without delay. "'Is Malkin Tower far off?' "'About a mile from Ruth Lee,' replied the miller. "'Go back with me to Mel, where you can refresh yourselves, "'and I'll get together some dozen of my friends. "'Then we'll go up to Tower together.' "'A very good suggestion,' said Potts. "'And no doubt Master Noah will accede to it.' "'We have force enough already, it appears to me,' observed Noel. "'I should think so,' replied Richard. "'Some dozen men armed against a poor defenceless old woman are surely enough.' "'Oh, but no defenceless, Mr. Richard,' rejoined Baldwin. "'You cannot go with too great force on an expedition like this. Malkin Tower's a very strong place, as you'll find.' Mm, "'Well,' said Noel, "'since we are here, I agree with Master Potts that it would be better to secure these two offenders.' and convey them to Whaley, where their examination can take place at the same time as that as Mistress Nutter. We therefore accept your offer of refreshment, Baldwin, as some of our party may stand in need of it, and will at once proceed to the mill. Well resolved, sir, said Potts. Well, take the witch dead or alive, cried Baldwin. Alive? We must have her alive, good Baldwin, said Potts. You must see her perish at the stake. "'Great man!' cried the miller, his eyes blazing with fury. "'That's true vengeance. I'm right home and get all ready for you. You're not rode!' So saying, he struck spurs into his horse and galloped off. Scarcely was he gone than the reeve, who had kept out of his sight, came forward. "'Since you have resolved upon going to Malkin Tower,' he said to Noel, "'and have a sufficiently numerous party for the purpose, my further attendance can be dispensed with.' "'I will ride in search of James Device.' "'Do so,' replied the magistrate, "'and let hue and cry be made after him.' "'It shall be,' replied the reeve, "'and if taken, he shall be conveyed to Ailey.' And he made his way towards the clough, as if with the intention of putting his words into execution. Word was now given to set forward, and Master Potts, having been accommodated with a horse by one of the grooms, who proceeded on foot, the party began to retrace their course to the mill. They were soon again by the side of Pendle Water, and ere long reached Rough Lee. As they rode through the close at the back of the mansion, Roger Nowell halted for a moment, and observed with a grim smile to Richard, "'Never more shall Mistress Nutter enter that house. Within a week she shall be lodged in Lancaster Castle as a felon of the darkest dye, and she shall meet a felon's fate.' Not only shall she be sent thither, but all our partners in guilt, Mother Demdike and her accursed brood, the devices, 
old chattox and her granddaughter nance redfern not one shall escape you do not include alice and device in your list cried richard i include all i will spare none rejoined nowell sternly then i will move no further with you said richard how cried nowell are you an upholder of these witches beware what you do young man beware how you take part with them you will bring suspicion upon yourself and get entangled in a net from which you will not easily escape now i care not what may happen to me rejoined richard i will never lend myself to gross injustice such as you are about to practise since you announce your intention of including the innocent with the guilty of exterminating a whole family for the crimes of one or two of its members i have done you have made dark accusations against mistress nutter but you have proved nothing you assert that by witchcraft she has changed the features of your land but in what way can you make good the charge old mitten has indeed volunteered himself as a witness against her and has accused her of most heinous offences but he has at the same time shown that he is her enemy and his testimony will be regarded with doubt i will not believe her guilty on mere suspicion and i deny that you have aught more to proceed upon i shall not argue the point with you now sir replied nowell angrily mistress nutter will be fairly tried and if i fail in my proofs against her she will be acquitted but i have little fear of such a result he added with a sinister smile you are confident sir because you know there would be every disposition to find her guilty replied richard she will not be fairly tried all the prejudices of ignorance and superstition heightened by the published opinions of the king will be arrayed against her were she as free from crime or thought of crime as a new-born babe once charged with the horrible and inexplicable offence of witchcraft she would scarce escape you go determined to destroy her no i will not deny it said roger nowell and i am satisfied that i shall render good service to society by freeing it from so vile a member so abhorrent is the crime of witchcraft that were my own son suspected i would be the first to deliver him to justice like a noxious and poisonous plant the offence has taken deep root in this country and is spreading its baneful influence around so that it is not extirpated it may spring up anew and cause incalculable mischief but it shall now be effectively checked of the families i have mentioned not one shall escape and if mistress nutter herself had a daughter she should be brought to judgment in such cases children must suffer for the sins of the parents you have no regard then for their innocence said richard who felt as if a weight of calamity was crushing him down their innocence must be proved at the proper tribunal rejoined nowell it is not for me to judge them but you do judge them cried richard sharply in making the charge you know that you pronounce the sentence of condemnation as well this is why the humane man why the just man would hesitate to bring an accusation even where he suspected guilt but where suspicion could not possibly attach he would never suffer himself however urged on by feelings of animosity to injure the innocent you ascribe most unworthy motives to me young sir rejoined nowell sternly i am influenced only by a desire to see justice administered and i shall not swerve from my duty because my humanity may be called in question by a lovesick boy i understand why you plead thus warmly for these infamous persons you are enthralled by the beauty of the young witch alice and device 
I noticed how you were struck by her yesterday, and I heard what Sir Thomas Metcalfe said on the subject. But take heed what you do. You may jeopardise both soul and body in the indulgence of this fatal passion. Witchcraft is exercised in many ways. Its professors have not only power to maim and to kill, and to do other active mischief, but to ensnare the affections and endanger the souls of their victims by enticing them to unhallowed love. Alison Device is comely to view, no doubt, but who shall say whence her beauty is derived? Hell may have arrayed her in its fatal charms. Sin is beautiful, but all destructive. And the time will come when you may thank me for delivering you from the snares of this seductive siren. Richard uttered an angry exclamation. Not now, I do not expect it. You are too much besotted by her, pursued Noel. But I conjure you to cast off this wicked and senseless passion, which, unless checked, will lead you to perdition. You have heard what abominable rites are practised at these unholy meetings called devil's sabbaths, and how can you say that some demon may not be your rival in Alison's love? You pass all licence, sir, cried Richard, infuriated past endurance, and if you do not instantly retract the infamous accusation you have made, neither your age nor your office shall protect you. I can fortunately protect myself, young man, replied Noel coldly and if aught were wanting to confirm my suspicions that you were under some evil influence, it would be supplied by your present conduct. You are bewitched by this girl.' "'It is false!' cried Richard, and he raised his hand against the magistrate, when Nicholas quickly interposed. "'Nay, cousin Dick,' cried the squire, "'this must not be. You must take other means of defending the poor girl, whose innocence I will maintain as stoutly as yourself.' But since Master Roger Nowell is resolved to proceed to extremities, I shall likewise take leave to retire. Your pardon, sir, rejoined Nowell. You will not withdraw till I think fit. Master Richard Asherton, forgetful alike of the respect due to age and constituted authority, has ventured to raise his hand against me, for which, if I chose, I could place him in immediate arrest. But I have no such intention. On the contrary, I am willing to overlook the insult attributing it to the frenzy by which he is possessed. But both he and you, Master Nicholas, are mistaken, if you suppose I will permit you to retire. As a magistrate, in the exercise of my office, I call upon you both to aid me in the capture of the two notorious witches, Mothers Demdike and Chattox, and not to desist or depart from me till such capture be effected. You know the penalty of refusal?' "'Heavy fine or imprisonment at the option of the magistrate,' remarked Potts. "'My cousin Nicholas will do as he pleases,' observed Richard. "'But for my part I will not stir a step further.' "'No lie,' added Nicholas, "'unless I have Master Noel's solemn pledge that he will take no proceedings against Alison Device.' "'You can give no such assurance, sir,' whispered Potts, seeing the magistrate wavered in his resolution. "'You must go, then.' said Noel, and take the consequences of your refusal to act with me. Your relationship to Mistress Nutter will not tell in your favour. I understand the implied threat, said Nicholas, and laugh at it. Richard, lad, I am with you. Let him catch the witches himself if he can. I will not budge an inch further with him. Farewell, then, gentlemen, replied Roger Noel. I am sorry to part company with you thus, but when next we meet, and he paused, "'We meet as enemies, I presume,' supplied Nicholas. 
"'We meet no longer as friends,' rejoined the magistrate coldly. With this he moved forward with the rest of the troop, while the two Ashertons, after a moment's consultation, passed through a gate and made their way to the back of the mansion, where they found one or two men on the lookout, from whom they received intelligence which induced them immediately to spring from their horses and hurry into the house. Arrived at the principal entrance of the mansion, which was formed by large gates of open ironwork, admitting a view of the garden and front of the house, Roger Nowell again called a halt, and Master Potts, at his request, addressed the porter and two other serving-men who were standing in the garden in this fashion. "'Pay attention to what I say to you, my men,' he cried in a loud and authoritative voice. "'A warrant will this day be issued for the arrest of Alice Nutter of Rufflee, in whose service you have hitherto dwelt, and who is charged with the dreadful crime of witchcraft, and with invoking, consulting, and covenanting with, entertaining, employing, feeding, and rewarding evil spirits, contrary to the laws of God and man, and in express violation of His Majesty's statute. Now take notice, that if the said Alice Nutter shall at any time hereafter return to this her former abode, or take refuge within it, you are hereby bound to deliver her up forthwith to the nearest constable, to be by him brought before the worshipful Master Roger Noel of Reed in this county, so that she may be examined by him on these charges. You hear what I have said? The men exchanged significant glances, but made no reply. Potts was about to address them, but to his surprise he saw the central door of the house thrown open, and Mistress Nutter issue from it. She marched slowly and majestically down the broad gravel walk towards the gate. The attorney could scarcely believe his eyes, and he exclaimed to the magistrate with a chuckle, "'Who would have thought of this? We have her safe enough now!' <laughs> but no corresponding smile played upon Noel's hard lips. His gaze was fixed inquiringly upon the lady. Another surprise. From the same door issued Alice and Device, escorted by Nicholas and Richard Asherton, who walked on either side of her, and the three followed Mistress Nutter slowly down the broad walk. Such a display seemed to argue no want of confidence. Alison did not look towards the group outside the gates, but seemed listening eagerly to what Richard was saying to her. "'So, Master Noel,' cried Mistress Nutter boldly, since you find yourself defeated in the claims you have made against my property, you are seeking to revenge yourself, I understand, by bringing charges against me as false as they are calumnious. But I defy your malice, and can defend myself against your violence. If I could be astonished at anything in you, madam, I should be at your audacity, rejoined Noel. But I am glad that you have presented yourself before me for it was my fixed intention, on my return to Whaley, to cause your arrest, and your unexpected appearance here enables me to put my design into execution somewhat sooner than I anticipated. Mistress Nutter laughed scornfully. "'Sparshot!' vociferated Noel. "'Enter these gates, and arrest the lady in the King's name.' The beadle looked irresolute. He did not like the task. "'The gates are fastened,' cried Mistress Nutter. "'Force them open, then!' roared Noel, dismounting and shaking them furiously. "'Bring me a heavy stone! By heaven, I will not be bought to my prey!' "'My servants are armed,' cried Mistress Nutter. "'And the first man who enters shall pay the penalty of his rashness with his life. Bring me a petronel, Blackadder!' 
The order was promptly obeyed by the ill-favoured attendant who was stationed near the gate. "'I am in earnest,' said Mistress Nutter, aiming the petronel, "'and seldom miss my mark.' "'Give attention to me, my men,' cried Roger Nowell. "'I charge you, in the King's name, to throw open the gate.' "'I charge you in mind to keep it fast,' rejoined Mistress Nutter. "'We shall see who will be obeyed.' One of the grooms now advanced with a large stone, taken from an adjoining wall, which he threw with great force against the gates. But though it shook them violently, the fastenings continued firm. Blackadder and the two other serving-men, all of whom were armed with halberds, now advanced to the gates, and thrusting the points of their weapons through the bars, drove back those who were near them. A short consultation now took place between Noel and Potts, after which the latter, taking care to keep out of the reach of the halberds, thus delivered himself in a loud voice. "'Alice Nutter, in order to avoid the serious consequences which might ensue were the necessary measures taken to effect a forcible entrance to your habitation,' The worshipful Master Noel has thought fit to grant you an hour's respite for reflection, at the expiration of which time he trusts that you, seeing the futility of resisting the law, will quietly yield yourself a prisoner. Otherwise, no further leniency will be shown you, and those who may uphold you in your contumacy. Mistress Nutter laughed loudly and contemptuously. At the same time, pursued Potts, on a suggestion from the magistrate, Master Roger Nowell demands that Alison Device, daughter of Elizabeth Device, whom he beholds in your company, and who is likewise suspected of witchcraft, be likewise delivered up to him. "'Ought more?' inquired Mistress Nutter. "'Only this,' replied Potts, in a taunting tone. "'The worshipful magistrate would offer a friendly counsel to Master Nicholas Asherton and Master Richard Asherton, whom, to his infinite surprise, he perceives in a hostile position before him, that they in no wise interfere with his injunctions, but, on the contrary, lend their aid in furtherance of them. Otherwise, he may be compelled to adopt measures towards them, which must be a source of regret to him. I have furthermore to state, on the part of his worship, that strict watch will be kept at all the approaches of your house, and that no one, on any pretence whatever, during the appointed time of respite, will be suffered to enter it, or depart from it. In an hour his worship will return. "'And in an hour he shall have my answer,' replied Mistress Nutter, turning away. End of chapter 8